Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I am your host, Liz Fiddler. In one of our recent episodes, we talked about six different flowers that you can start if you are brand new to growing a cut flower garden, such as things that are direct seeded and just what's going to be the easiest way to do it after frost. Just plant that garden, pop the seeds in the ground, don't transplant them, and you're good to go. So this episode... I want to tailor to someone who's already done that. So I don't want to say that you have to be experienced to listen to this episode because you definitely don't, but it's going to get a little bit more complicated, but not too much. I promise. I do want this to kind of apply to everyone, but I am going to bring it back to kind of season two for me um, of growing. And so remember, I'm in my fourth season. So if I talk about what I grow now, I think that would get kind of complicated and I think we need to get into that a little bit later because I have such specific such specific needs as far as when my subscriptions are when my picks are and it just gets a little complicated and I actually grow a lot less than I used to and I focus more on succession planting and making sure that they're blooming at different times so I just want to bring us back to like season two so I've already had one successful year I sold about 200 bouquets plus I did nursing home bouquets so I had like a big enough garden for about 400 bouquets that summer of 2020. So now we're getting into 2021. And how did I decide what to grow? I tripled my growing space. The sky was kind of the limit, but you can't grow everything. So the first thing you need to do is figure out what your season looks like as far as what's the weather, what's the temp, and how long you have to grow. There are two terms that you're going to come across when you're reading all the time, and it's important to know what the difference is. So there are zones, and there is your last frost date. So your zone is more so for perennials. You're going to look at a map, and you're going to see what is hardy within your zone. So for example, there there are plants that are perennials. They come back year after year, but you know, only if it's, you know, it'll say hardy to zone six or hardy to zone three. That means it pretty much comes back year after year anywhere. I'm in zone four and there's actually zone four is divided into 4A and 4B because it gets so cold up here. And so, you know, knowing that perennial zone four and then my last frost date there you want to type in your zip code because it's going to be different everywhere and it it depends where you are in relation to like a lake and elevation. It doesn't necessarily matter, you know, how far north or south you are because it's a lot more elevation. So, I mean, there are places in Arizona with a last frost date of June 1st. And so planting zinnias, you literally have to wait until you're in the clear on average of being above 32 degrees. Now there are things you can do like cover it with frost cloth or use an overhead sprinkler. And I did that one year, but this is all going to be its own little episode, you know, specifically talking about what to do if there's an emergency frost coming. But essentially for me, where I'm at, I've got about May 15th to September 20th for heat-loving annuals like sunflowers, zinnias, cosmos, a lot of herbs like basil. So really, I mean, I've got about 125 days. So I need to really look at what is going to grow here and what is going to thrive. So, you know, the first thing you want to do, I'm going to give you the recommendation of a website and I am in no way sponsored by them. I wish. So if anyone from Johnny's Seeds is listening... 
you can email me at liz at sunnymarymeadow.com um, and reach out and sponsor me. But so Johnny Seeds is great. So you go on their website and then you go into flowers and then you can filter specifically to cut flowers. So you want to filter to things that are going to do well in a vase and cut flowers. And so now that you know your frost date, know the perennials, you know your growing season, you really need to look at the growing information when you decide what to plant. So, you know, if it's something that says days to maturity, you really focus on that. So, you know, are you going to plant them up early? Are you going to direct seed them? Are you going to start them in trays? A lot of times it'll give a recommendation, you know, a lot of times it'll say transplant, not recommended because they're a really deep tap root. And so they don't transplant very well. And so then you have to hope that either they're a cold, hardy annual And it'll say on there, you can plant them as soon as the ground can be worked, or you have to wait until after last frost. So if it says as soon as ground can be worked, nigella is an example of that, or bupillurum, or orlia. Last year, I planted them around April 15th, which was pretty early, and they even got some snow on them, but they did great. So directly seeded them in the ground and planted them then. Otherwise, if they say, you know, after last frost, direct seed recommended, like sunflowers, for example, then you have to wait until after that May 15th. So when you're trying to decide what to grow, if it is April 1st and you're finally buying seeds, you're not going to want to buy something that says, you know, we recommend you sow them in a seed tray 12 weeks, 10 weeks before your last frost because you should have started them from seed in February. So I kind of go by that and decide, you know, what is my goal here? Do I want to start a lot of them in trays? Do I want to direct seed a lot of them? And then decide what you want to grow and what you want to buy. You definitely need to keep your budget in mind because it is so easy to go overboard. I really recommend finding a friend to split some seeds with because the shipping can be astronomical on some of these websites. And the more you buy in bulk, the cheaper it's going to be. Usually, you know, a packet of 50 seeds, by the time you get them to germinate, you know, that ends up being not as many as you think it's going to be. However, keep in mind that these tiny little seeds make a plant. And if you're just hoping for one bouquet a week for yourself, or maybe a couple bouquets a week, you really only need 10 zinnia plants. You don't need 300 of them in one color like I have. So when you're trying to figure out the quantity to order, just keep in mind, look at the germination rate on the seed packet and then decide how you want to go from there. There are a couple different ways you can buy the seeds, and usually they come in a mix or specific colors. Now, where I'm at now for how I grow them and using them all for bouquets and selling the bouquets or having stem bars where I have five-gallon buckets of flowers, I do not have time to sort them by color after I pick them. I need a row of light pink. I need a row of white. I need a row of purple. I need a row of blue. Because honestly, the mixed packets, the reason they're cheap is because they're the leftovers. You know, it's just a mystery. A mix of Benary's giant zinnias is going to have some red, some yellow, some white. And actually, I mean, it usually ends up patterned enough. You might have a couple colors next to each other, but for the most part, it'll be spaced out pretty evenly and it'll look really pretty in the garden. But if you're trying to make bouquets out of specific colors and sort them by the bucket, do not buy the mixed packets. It just takes way too much time to do it. And honestly, they're going to be the bright colors that the majority of your customers aren't going to want. They're not the trendy ones. They're just, you know, like 
pumpkin jack-o'-lantern orange and I think they look cool and my daughter loves them and they're fun but for what I do they just don't really work as well anymore. The other thing that you want to keep in mind is when to order what you're going to order. Tulip bulbs for example I place my order for over 10,000 tulips in May because that's when I know that I'm going to get the best variety. As a general rule, when you're harvesting is about the time that you order again. So like ranunculus, you order that in June. Dahlias, a lot of times, you know, it depends who you're growing those from. I guess that one's a little bit different because most people will sell their tubers in the spring because they want to make sure that that they store well. They're not going to ship them to you in the fall and then risk the plant dying or risk them not working well. And then a lot of times seeds, most people have their seed ordered for next year by for sure mid-October. I would say the majority of cut flower farmers do. So just kind of keeping those notes, you know, just have a running list of what you like. As a general rule, it kind of goes back and forth and this is going to be a really hot topic if, you know, or just, um, we'll just say a hot take or unpopular opinion, but plant what you like. However, keep in mind, you really do need the focals, the foliage, and the fillers. I know there are some growers that are like, I quit growing any fillers. I don't need any greens. Nobody picks them at you picks. And it just depends how you do it. Some of the flower farmers that I know that do that, there's one that's you know really successful in Michigan and she just has lines out her farm and she's got like 100,000 followers on Instagram and it's become this like destination place. And Yeah, of course she doesn't sell a lot of green fillers because she basically charges by the stem, which is, that's totally fine that that's how she does her model. I think it's 12 to 15 or 10 to 12 stems for $25. Well, if you only get 10 to 12 stems and you're out there picking, like I'm going to pick as many pretty flowers as I can and I'm not going to get the green leaves because I know that that doesn't work. I'm not 100% sure how I'm going to do mine. I think I'm going to charge a little bit more, have a 32 ounce cup and say, Fill her up, really no restrictions. Because I'm just not going to put any plants down there that I don't want people touching is kind of my rule of thumb. I, I hate I hate making rules on a good time, but I'm a planner and I like rules and I like policies. And I am also self-aware enough to know that most people aren't like me. And that's, that's probably good. So my dahlias, my eucalyptus, my lisianthus, they're not going to be in the U-pick section. They're going to be up in my high tunnel. And my hope is that I can have some of those for sale a la carte if you want some extra dahlias, or maybe it'll include one of each of those or something. But then you know what? Here's a bucket. And if you want to put 15 zinnias in there, you go for it. You know, here's your big 32 ounce paper cup and you can put it in there. I'm also going to have, you know, if you want to bring your own vase, I mean, you have to fill it in the cup first because otherwise if you're bringing it in a vase and you're filling that up, that's, that's going to cost more, but you know, you can fill it in your cup and then, you know, you definitely want, you know, those whimsical fillers that are more airy, like the status or the cosmos, the focal flowers, the sunflowers, the big zinnias, those things that are more eye-catching. And then you're going to need, you know, some of the greens to be, you know, to just to be in there and fill it out so that it looks bigger and fuller and just a better organization. So when you're ordering your seeds, keep that in mind. If you have just snapdragons and zinnias and you know it's just you're going to need a lot of those premium cuts in order to make it look full and 
there's a whole reason that we have fillers and foliage. Otherwise, you know, if you sell them by the stem and have those premium stems, it's just not going to work out the greatest. Just make sure when you're ordering your seeds, you have a combination of all of that. I am going to do an entire episode on plugs, but I just want to give you a little, just a little vocab lesson on what that is, because I'm going to be referencing it a lot. And until I'm ready to do a whole podcast episode on that one, I think it might get confusing. Plugs are essentially where I order them from. They come in a tray of either 125 or 210. I ordered them last fall. They are made to order from the company that I go through. And so they know exactly what week they need to start them so that they are ready to plant when I order them. So I had them ready, you know, some of them I had them ready by May 8th. You know, that's when they're going to be shipped to me and they're going to come here. Now, I might need to keep them alive in the tray for another week or two, depending on where that frost is. Because remember, I said my last frost is around May 15th. If there is no low temperature below 40 in the next 10 days and it's May 10th, I'm going to plant them. If it's looking like low 30s, I'm going to hold off and wait, you know, depending on what they are, unless there's something that's cold hardy. But basically, I ordered plugs for anything that needed to be started in seed trays more than six weeks out. I'm like, okay, April 1st, I can have a whole rack of seed trays. You know, I can do that. But if it takes longer than that and I have to keep it alive in a tiny little seed tray or soil block, that's just, it's honestly too much babying. And I did the math and I figured it out. Even if it's 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at night, you have to adjust the lights up and down. Otherwise they get really leggy or skinny because they're reaching for the light. You can dry them out really easily. You can overwater them really easily so they get moldy. And then just the germination rate is poor. And so honestly, I did the math and figured out, you know, what my time is worth. And it's just not worth it for me, mainly because I don't enjoy that part. And it also takes away, I mean, even if it's 15 minutes in the morning, I have to be at work at a certain time and I got kids to bring to daycare and school and we have to leave the house by 7 a.m. Like, 15 minutes in the morning is pretty precious to me. So that's kind of what plugs are. And so they arrive, they're lush, they're all alive, they're sorted by color, they're exactly how I wanted. They're eucalyptus and snapdragons and stock and lisianthus, and they're things that take 12 to 16 weeks to grow, and it's just perfect. So I'm really excited for that. I'm still going to do an entire episode on seed starting and I have a couple guests in mind who I'm going to have on here starting in trays versus something called soil blocking and that's going to be really exciting. I've never done the soil blocking. I don't think it's up my alley. We'll put it that way but um, I think it's going to go pretty well and so I'm excited to talk about that as you know as time goes on but essentially that's how I decide what to order. You know I look and decide What can I actually grow? And if it says, you know, it needs to be direct seeded after last frost and days to maturity is 120 days, well, I'm just plain not going to grow it. Or if it says, you know, you need to start it before, you know, this many weeks before last frost and transplant it. But if it can't handle a frost, basically anything that's going to bloom early September, it's like this probably isn't going to work in my zone. This probably isn't going to work in my area. So I just need to keep in mind what's going to be blooming when. So for example, sunflowers, a lot of them are 50 to 60 days to maturity. The pro cuts are. And so then I keep that in mind too. Like, okay, if I want to order this quantity and we're going to do a whole episode about succession planting, but essentially they're done then by early to mid July. 
because if I plant them right away, so then I wait a bit, little bit longer to plant them, or maybe I'll do one whole row of this color and then I'll wait till they're done and I can actually plant them up until mid-July. So when I'm looking at the quantity to order, I keep that in mind, like I can do more of those. And like I said, it's really good hobby to get into with your friends, to split those seeds. Seed saving is something we're going to talk about in another episode where you can save your own seeds. But ultimately, like when you're going through adding stuff to your cart, just make sure you have a good variety. I would stay away from the mixes. Ultimately, make sure you're buying what you like. Make sure you're planting what you like. That is kind of my episode on how I decide what to grow. Basically, just get on the website, read the seed packet, read the instructions, and go from there. Okay, so my friend Abby is here, and you might have heard her peep in on a couple other episodes, but ultimately, Abby is a novice gardener. She's just going to ask some questions. So we're going to do a little bit of a Q&A because if she's thinking it, maybe you are all thinking it. So Abby, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Okay. First question. You mentioned that shipping is really expensive for seed packets. Do you know why that is? Honestly, I think because a lot of these companies like, for example, the Gardener's Workshop or, you know, some of these companies, they just, they don't have the manpower. And so, I mean, like Florette Farms, for example, and she's got a show on the Magnolia Network. Like, I think it's $20 for shipping. And I don't know why. I mean, shipping in general is just kind of stupid expensive. But I think some of it has to get inspected because it's, you know, you have to make sure. And you also have to be really careful. Some things cannot be sent to certain states. Like, okay. you know, and so I think it's that. Because Invasive it's, it's plants like, kind of thing. Yes, and just USDA inspection and all of that. But Johnny Seeds, where I talked about, I mean, I think shipping is like fifteen ninety nine, no matter what size of box you get and just flat rate shipping. And it, the weight can vary and, you know, it can't get wet. So it has to be, you know, packaged pretty well. And um, one thing I didn't talk about, it's, mm-hmm, we'll get to your next question in a second, but if you do order your seeds and get them in the fall, put them in your freezer or in your fridge after you get them. That's where mine are at right what? now. What? <laughs> yeah. Because you don't want them to go through like major humidity. And so you just, it's like, I got my seeds in, they're actually in my shop and it's like 40 degrees in there. But yeah, you just keep them, just put them away. Cause you don't want to put them like in the sun or have them get wet. You don't want to spill coffee on them and, or, you know, whatever that ends up being. But cause a lot of times, you know, like I said, you got to order them way early. Sometimes you get them way early. Sometimes you don't. So next question, mm-hmm. if you're someone like me, novice and on a whim decide I'm going to do flowers this year, smaller scale, but I'm going to do it. And let's say it's today's date. It's early February. What would you recommend me like starting with? What, should I focus on greenery? Should I focus on some of the bigger things like sunflowers? Yeah, I would say, you know, depending what your goal is going to be, if you want to have, you know, your own bouquet, honestly, you know, I talked about this in one of the last episodes, like the six things that are just easy to start with. But, you know, if you're like, okay, I want to, you know, maybe a little advanced. I want to, I want to experiment. I want to find out what I'm going to like. You know, you also can do a little bit of reading. Oftentimes when you go to a nursery, they've got that little white tag on the flower and it'll say on there whether or not it's a cut flower, like snapdragons, it'll say cut flower, but little word of caution there. A lot of times they're nursery varieties for a potted plant. So they're, they're modified. They're genetically modified like a dwarf variety. So a lot of those zinnias that you buy, you know, at the nursery are not for cut flowers. They're going to be six inches long. I want the ones that are 36 inches long. And so 
keeping that in mind, a lot of them that you buy from the nursery are genetically shorter. Some of them get taller and you can still buy them that way where they're already started in seeds, but they might just be more for pots. And like I said last time, you can go to Fleet Farm. You can go to Menards. They're going to have a really good variety. They're going to have more mixes. It's not going to be specific colors. You know, when I'm talking about, you know, starting your cut flowers, this is kind of for the person that's maybe they're starting a flower business or a hobby farm or, you know, just I want to bring flowers for my neighbors. You know, you want multiple every week or I want to grow them for my own wedding or I want to grow them for my mom's wedding anniversary party in August then, yep, because if you just have a variety, it's gonna, you're going to have to work with the colors you have. Ultimately, you can do it for pretty cheap. You know, by the time you get all your seeds and everything, you know, you can save seeds for the next year. You can do a seed swap. Ooh. I mean, that's a big thing now. There's growers or, you know, hobby gardeners that will, they'll trade different varieties of seeds back and forth and save them. But Okay. Yeah. Well, that answers my questions from this episode. Yeah. So thank you for listening and I'm excited to keep sharing. Thanks for listening to the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Liz. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us. You can find us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook at Sunny Mary Meadow. Subscribe to our email newsletter at sunnymarymeadow.com. And if you have questions or comments or anything to say, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com. 